kids here. All right, so now we're going to talk about, we have a new uh, teaching, Breaking the Chains of Torment, and um, we're going to subtitle, Defeating the Terrorist and Tormentor of the Mind. The Terrorist and Torment of the Mind. All right, so as we go through this teaching, I try to prep us like, uh, don't get, uh, don't let the teaching get you into fear or feelings or a funk, okay? Sometimes as you start to, to realize what's going on, you can panic, you know, especially because we're going to spend some time in some scriptures talking about the devil, the demons, and the things that they do to, to kind of mess with our minds, you know, and try to torment us. Uh, we're not doing that to highlight. They're written in the Bible, so we're discussing what's written in the Bible, but just to expose. The Bible says, you know, that thief be exposed, he has to be turned to you sevenfold. In Proverbs uh, 6, I believe, verse 37. And so we're going to address the elephant that's normally in the room. Because thinking about it, if you think something's happening with your mind, that's not something that people just, you know, Stella just come out and go, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing okay, but I don't have my mind. You know, we don't do that, right? right? You know, but, you know, we constantly process through things. Now, why do we go through these different torments? Because we expose ourselves to things on the front end that tell us they're pleasurable. But on the back end, they steal our mind, right? The Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul, right? To lose your mind. Inside the soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your imaginations, where you make choices. So the adversary is trying to steal your choice. So he'll give you a... a a trinket, he may give you something to lust after, you know, but long as he gets your mind, his your choices, then you find yourself not being free anymore. You know, you know, people are calling you serious, but you're really not serious. You just really don't have control of your mind. Yeah, you just can't be free. Uh, or you find yourself overthinking. How about that? You know, just overthinking. Worst case scenarios. You know, you haven't really interviewed anybody, but you're thinking for everybody. Right? I know they're thinking this. Oh, I know you don't like me. Did you talk to the person? I know they can't stand me. I know you think I'm crazy. And most of the time, we haven't really talked to nobody. Or some, something's coming up, and, and we think the worst-case scenarios. Now, we done created a whole story that's never happened. So we got faith for something that's never happened, but it's normally the negative. Right? And all this is the adversary's trick. Dry, he's trying to torment us. Right? He's trying to torment us. He's trying to steal our peace. And so hopefully through these next few weeks, we'll get back our minds, get back our peace, and enjoy our life and stop chasing wonderful people out of our lives. You know, we've been doing that too, right? Right? How many people don't chase somebody out of their life? Don't raise your hand. Don't. <laughs> too late. <laughs> so we got, since you had your hands up, we got uh, Zipporah and Venetia have been chasing people out of their lives. <laughs> right? But I've chased people out of my life. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, even especially, you know, my first, up until I was 17, I stayed with foster parents. When I was 14, I met my biological family and I visited them on weekends. But by the time I got into college, I was what you call a bitter person. That's not what I was called. I just, that was the nicer way of saying, you know, bitter inward. So... So, and, 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 the, and the reputation was, don't say nothing to him. Like, watch what you say to him because he'll cuss you out in a heartbeat. Now, why am I doing that? Well, not because I was tough. It was, I kept people off me. 
Just keep, keep it away, you know. In high school, you know, they drive by the school. What's up, crazy? I wasn't crazy. I was just by myself. Remember, I wasn't with my family. I'm in the hood. I'm in Newark, New Jersey. So some of y'all, I wasn't crazy. I just, after being exploited and punked uh, for a particular time, I used my intellect to say, I got to navigate through this stuff. But I can't get, keep getting punked. So I'm going to have to come up with something. So you know what I came up with? Crazy. And when, and when you got a, you know, I was a smart guy. You know, I did good in school. When you smart, you can really look crazy. You can master crazy. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I, I mastered it. Like, you would believe he crazy. <laughs> right? And because I fly off at the handle at a heartbeat. Now, why am I doing that? I'm keeping you off me. Just keeping people. So, look, I'm living my whole life to keep people off me. To not be around folk. To have stuff playing while the word is going forth. Who's that? Shemita? That was Shemita? Oh, that was John. That was John. Okay. I, I, no, I'm just picking with people, man. That's all. It's just, we family. We do that. Right. It's cool. John's all right. Ain't nobody in trouble or nothing. Like that. Pastor calling people out for the music. So, so, I, so, so I use me, and I'm going to constantly use me through this because I've gone through things. You know, I've, I've, you know especially, you know, I mean, I talk about those lusts. You know, so I, I, I took on uh, pharmaceutical because we got kids in here, pharmaceutical substances. Um, and at first, on the front end, it was like, oh, I think I got something here. Because, you know, when I started taking on these things, I didn't care. And so, so that's a less I'm going to worry about. But I didn't understand, Stephanie, what was, the, the, what was I going to get in return for it. I didn't know I was going to start hallucinating. I didn't know I was going to hear voices. I didn't know I was going to be additionally paranoid. I didn't know I was going to alienate the people that love me. I didn't know that because that didn't come with the script. Right? You hear Raylan say, hey, listen to what he's talking about. Right? Then what came with the script is, hey, you want some relief? Sort of like the commercials they give you now, right? They'll say, hey, take this drug. You get to sleep tonight. But then they give you the breakdown. Now, you might be, have a bleeding ulcer. You could cause kidney failure. You might not wake up. It says that. that Pay attention to the drug commercials. It'll say uh, it's, it has caused death. So you jump on the prescription for what? To go to sleep. You trying to kill yourself? You understand what I'm saying? But back then, what we got in the street had the same symptoms, but they just didn't tell us. Right? All right, so, so just, just, just stay with me. So I'm, I'm going to, because we got to get our minds back, you know, because God has some stuff for us in 2024. And since this is the year of supernatural restoration, we might, well, might want to restore our minds, right? All right, so uh, let's go to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. You go there in your Bible, on your phone app, or whatever you're using. Raylan back there being special, right? He's like, hey. All right, so 1 John 4, give you some time to get there. And please, you know, here at the church, if you can't study it, we're not going to teach it. So go, go write this stuff down and go study it out for yourself. Search the scriptures and see if it's so. All right, don't take my word for it. All right, uh, verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love. 
right? But perfect love casts out fear, right? So, so, so a lot of times we think the opposite of fear is faith, but the opposite of fear is love. So if I'm operating in perfect love, I can flush out any fear that's in me, right? So if I get offended, it's going to steal my love, right? If I get angry, it's going to steal my love, right? Right? If I have resentment and bitterness, it's going to steal my love, right? Well, when it steals my love, it's making way for fear. Now, now some of us say, well, I ain't scared of nothing. That's not the only type of fear. Your paranoia is fear. Anxiety is fear. When you can't sleep, it might not be surface fear, but at the core, it's fear. Right? Does that make sense? So it says, perfect love casts out fear. It says, because fear, what? Has torment. Because fear has torment. It says, he that feareth is not made perfect or complete in love. So, so when I'm tormented, I'm operating on the level of fear. Right? When I'm tormented. And a lot of us, we're, we're good actors. Some of us should get some jobs because we act very well. We act like things are okay, but we're constantly tormented in our mind. You're sitting in a conversation and you can't hear what the person's talking about because you're constantly thinking through all the worst case scenarios, all the possibilities. Well, I don't think they like me or they think they all that or they think they look cute. You're going through all this stuff in your head and then the person says, I told you that last week. You ain't tell me that last week. Yeah, I did tell you what you was talking last week. Yeah, the person was present, but their mind was on the other side of town, right? Because they don't have their mind, right? You're struggling at the job because you don't have your mind. You spend the whole time worrying about getting busted out that, that somebody going to fire you. You can't even hear the instructions to complete your task because you don't have your mind, right? Right? Not free. All right, let me read this out of the Amplified. Classic version, Amp C, as Venetia would say. Uh, there is no fear in love, right? Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of the doors and expels every trace of terror. That would be good. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. See, this is the thing. So, so to, what is love's complete per, uh, com, uh, perfection? Number one attribute of love is selflessness and giving, generosity. A person that's complete in love is not selfish, they're selfless. When we haven't crossed over to that, right, Fear has access to us, right? So fear has access to us. So, so, so let's talk about torment just for a second because I want us to be on the same page since we're uh, talking about this thing. So what is torment? Like what is torment? So torment is when you're vexed. Tor when you're tormented, you're vexed, right? Uh, torment is also used for divine judgment, right? When people are going through divine judgment, they're vexed, trust me. Uh, normally, the adversary has access to them. Uh, it's suffering. Torment is suffering, right? Guess what? Torment is, look, look at this. Torment is dis-ease, disease. Dis-ease, right? Torment is dis-ease. A lot of disease is attached to, right, 
that fear having access or the devil having access. Hey, how about this? Uh, is loss of courage. Torment is loss of courage. Mm-mm-mm. Suffocated and strangled in thought. Suffocated and strangled in thought. Suffocated and strangled in thought. Suspicious paranoia. Suspicious paranoia. Uncontrollable rage, depression, despair, and discontentment. All this is torment. Right? All this is torment. And the trip is you show up, you have these things, but you front. You laugh and and stuff ain't funny. You just be making up stuff. Right? I know I used to do this. Right? Soon as you hear something that's going to challenge your heart and your truth, you put a front out, a representative. Right? You know, when you're hearing about what could change you because the truth is what frees you, you'll create diversions and distractions when you're getting what you need. And then you find yourself in these situations that where you feel hopeless without hope, and then you don't understand how you got in the situation because you was too busy to pay attention and you were creating diversions, distractions, playing around when you should have been embracing the truth. See, this is the thing. Uh, uh, Psalm 53.5 is a little audible for the production team, but uh, Psalm 53.5 says, having great fear where no fear is. Most of us live in a, in, in, a, in a culture because we're born into this world of sin and shaping in iniquity where we have fear where no fear is. What we are playing off and worry about doesn't even really exist. It's fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. It's like that cartoon Milan, you're running from a dragon that's really a little, little bug in a shadow. Like the Wizard of Oz, you you scared of the, the wizard, and he's behind a curtain, a little man behind a curtain working the controls. That's how most of us operate. So I worked in corrections, and worked in corrections, social services, about 10 years. And an amazing thing about it is most of the people in there was front. Some of them got locked up. They might have got locked up for murder, but they got, one guy got locked up for murder, and what happened was he kept getting punked every time he had his girlfriend with him. So what he did was he bought a gun to protect himself. Never used a gun before. So then they came to punk him again. Well, he pulled the gun out just to scare them. But you know, once you pull a gun out, now you got to use it. So he ended up shooting out of fear. He's locked up for the rest of his life. Not for the rest of his life. He's locked up for juvenile life. Juvenile life could be from 13 to 21. Then they decided they're going to send you to the, to the real prison, right? So the interesting thing is, when I was in there, there were certain young men that ran the institution, right? And as long as they wasn't bothering me, I let them run the institution because as long as I'm getting my job done. When they cost me, now I'm going to expose you. And what I used to do is I'd tell them, wait a minute, I don't know why they're scared of you. You ain't got no knockout record. You ain't got no heavy bag in your room, no speed bag, no jump rope. 
Why are they walking around here scared? They like, chill out, chill out. Mr. Bradley, chill. I said, nah, you want to run in your mouth. I said, so what are, why are they scared of you? I mean, this kid never had a fight, and everybody was scared of him because he was from Brooklyn. And I was, I was cool with that until you crossed the line. When you crossed the line, like, all right, let's talk about this now. Why are they afraid of you? See, false evidence appearing real. Some of you getting punked right now in your life. Why? Because of loss of courage. You're being tormented. The adversary is telling you more than what's going on. You have some people who are settling for terrible relationships. Why? Because the adversary told you in your mind, that's all you can ever get. You better be happy with this. Somebody like you, this is probably going to be the last person to ever like you. You better jump on this. Go through the abuse because ain't nobody ever, 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 ever going to like you again. Are you kidding me? Go look in that mirror. Now, don't, don't see what God made. See what I'm showing you. You definitely ain't going to, you know, don't nobody want to be with you. Yeah, you see, that all that is messing with your mind. Right? Right? All right, so 2 Corinthians 7, 5, and 6, right? Uh, I'm just going to give it to you. This is another audible, but I just want you to, I want to set the groundwork for what we're talking about because when, when the, the man of God, Paul, was talking about this, he said, uh, verse 5 says, for when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. He said our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Look, look, this is, he, he broke it down. He says, without were fightings, within were fears. And this is what, this is how we're navigating. But as, as men and women of God, we should not. We should never be navigating that because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. No weapon formed against us can prosper. But why are we operating in this fear? Because we've lost our sense of love. We let something offend us. And, and, and I told you I was, I was a bitter uh, young man. And, and I was bitter because I, first I was left with strangers first. So that's the first thing. And, and so now I'm, I'm, I, love is not in me. Unforgiveness is reigning in my life. So fear has total access to my mind. And I'm going to tell you, some of y'all won't admit it, I was paranoid. I mean, and, and, and the more, the more I uh, experienced ph- pharmaceutical su- substances, I got more and more paranoid. And I'm going to tell you why. Because that's something foreign coming into your body. Your chemical makeup and your hormones of your body cannot handle that. So, so things start to go, go wired. You either become impatient, you become irritable. One of the things you do, you start to experience uh, depression or, uh, or you go into self. So it makes you more selfish. Like you lose sight of anything outside of you. But the Bible says when I was a child, I spake as a child, thought as a child. When I became a man, when I really matured, some of us call ourselves mature, says I, I, I put off these things, right? Right, so now I don't think like a child. Children are selfish. What about me? Nobody's thinking about me. Nobody called me. Nobody did this for me. But when I'm, a, when I'm mature, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking outside of myself. Every level of pharmaceutical substance Alcohol, everything is designed, it creates depression. It, all, it only has you thinking within yourself. So it's like, uh, it's, it, it might be a corny movie, but uh, 
uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning King. So in the movie, they go into a club. I call it corny because some people think it's corny. I watched it, to be honest. All right, so, so as he's going, they're going through, they're on a mission in the movie, right? They get to the club, and they start handing out these lotus flowers. So they're eating the flowers, and they're partying and doing all types of stuff. Then they look up, and they're like, and they ask somebody, like, like, like what, what, what time is it? Where are we at? They had been there. I think they had been there for weeks or something. I'm not sure. I need to go back and look at them. Where was it? It was years. years. It was, excuse me, I have to talk to my consultant. All right, so they had two weeks to do the mission. They was in there for a week and a couple of days. Before you open your mouth, you might want to check with the consultant. <laughs> All right, so look, but, but, but it seemed like, what, like a couple minutes. So, so they think, but this is what happens to us. Time is going by. Opportunities are passing us by. We think it's a couple minutes, but weeks, and in our case, we'll bring back to the adult here, years. Years are going by. I'll get to that. I'm going to do that. Oh, no. Oh, you, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we see it. You just not. Because you're in a stupor. Right? You don't even have your mind. So you've lost a sense of time. Every moment is valuable. We're, we're going, we used to call it going blind. We said, y'all got blind today. Now think about it. I got blind. I'm intentionally going blind. Losing sight of moments that I can maximize to be fulfilled. All right, so think about it. All right, all right, just want to give you that. All right? I, I, I know I'm hit. Listen, don't, don't feel the conviction. Don't be condemned and just set some targets. But we can't stay here. We can't stay with, with we need our minds back. Like, we need, we need our choices back. Right? And some people need us, right? And so, so, so uh, uh, David and his boys, they kind of went through this, 1 Samuel 22 too, where they came to him, those that was uh, distressed and discontented or, or way down. And they came into this cave, you know, and, and through this process, you know, you know, David knew to go to God to encourage himself. So, the, so when we lose courage, God can fill us back up with the courage, right? You know, this is what we want to do. Now, 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 why are we going through this stuff? We're going through this stuff because misery loves company. See, a long time ago, somebody stopped operating in love and operated in selfishness called Lucifer in the heaven realm. But only thing that could be in the heaven realm is love. So as soon as he started thinking of self, I will be like the most high. You can study out yourself, Isaiah 14. I will be like this. Oh, no, no, no. That's not an option in the heaven realm. You may can get away with it for a period of time in the earth realm, but not in the heaven realm. Everything's perfect there. He fell like lightning. Right? He fell like lightning. When he fell, now, now this is what happens to us. We're overconfident and arrogant. Can't nobody tell us what to do. Sarcastic and fronting before the pain, right? Then when we fall, all of a sudden, oh, 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 I didn't know. No, nobody told me. Like, like so now, now, now we're, we have an opportunity to go, you know what, I was tripping. Forgive me. That's your first, that's all you got to do. But that's not what we do, do we? 
Nah, you know, if it wasn't for Pastor Mal, y'all need, wouldn't even be in this situation, you know. And Gerard, you know, you know, if you weren't coming at me like that, you know, I wouldn't be in this situation. Nah, it ain't even, see, you know, because people don't even be thinking about me and I'd be going through, like everything is everybody else. So we don't repent. We don't change because our excuse is them. You can't fix them, but you can change you. You can change you. You can change how you respond. See, see, so there's always, a, uh, there's always something going on on the other side because misery loves company. We were talking about this in the Bible school yesterday, uh, abiding in Christ or staying submerged in Christ. And uh, in, the, in the book that we read in Abiding Christ, Andrew Murray said this, that the enemy knows that there's no real prosperity or progress in a nation, in a home, or a soul, unless there's peace. So the adversary understands is what, what I'm after is their peace. Because they're not going to be able to move without peace. I'm, I, gotta, I need to steal their peace. And so, so uh, the author said this, that quietness and assurance are indispensable to our moral and spiritual well-being. And um, Renee's aunt, is an aunt, right? Yeah, Renee's aunt, uh, uh, Wednesday was talking about blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And she said she learned a long time ago that God's insurance is our insurance. God's assurance is our insurance. But see, that assurance gives us peace. I know that I know that I know whatever comes at me, I got it. God, God's with me. I got God. When you lose that, now you're going to be worried. You're going to be paranoid. You're going to be frustrated, right? Now, how did this happen? Now, how do we get to this disturbance or this tormenting place? Something called sin, which was introduced by the devil who what? He sinned from the beginning. So once, so he needs some people on his team. He's been attacking our lives ever since he got earmarked for the lake of fire, right? So this sin has disturbed all of our relations, right? It tries to get us out of harmony with ourselves, with others, and God. That's what sin does tries to take us out of harmony. So we dismiss sin. Don't nobody judge me. Man, forget. Let them judge you if it's going to change you. Put it that way. Judge me if it's going to change me. If it's going to give me peace, you can talk about me as much as you want. Right? But, but, But again, we use those phrases. Judgment means passing sentence. So if you lazy, you lazy. Nobody's judging you. If they're saying you're lazy because you don't never want to be nothing in your life, that's judging you. That's saying why you're lazy. But if somebody calling it like it is, you're lazy, you're irresponsible, you're sorry because you're acting that way, they're not judging you. They're not passing sentence on you. They haven't condemned you. They're convicting you to change. Right? Okay, I did this. So, so I did that. I did that. Most people can relate to that. I'm going to hit you with this one. So some people, y- y'all going to be fine because y'all married. Somebody call you thirsty. You know why they call, they call you thirsty? Because you're thirsty. They didn't say why you were thirsty. They just said you're thirsty. Y- y'all, do I need to explain thirsty? Pastor Mel said you might, because <laughs> happily married for 30 years, she's saying you might. See? 
If somebody single said that, it will work. Yeah, I mean, that's settling for less than you deserve. I'm thirsty, I'm going to take anything. I'm hungry, I'm going to take anything. Right? That's not a crime if somebody tells you that. Don't you want to know? Before you keep drinking of stuff that's causing more pain in your life? Right? Don't you want to know? Like you sitting there stalking somebody that don't love you. And in some cases don't know you. And in other cases don't want to know you. That's not me putting nobody down. I did it. I was, I, look, listen, I had a whole picture of this person's relationship till I met the person. Man, they, they, they couldn't stand me as much as they could see me. Not, not, not that I wasn't valuable. I wasn't valuable to them. Everybody's not going to conform to our picture. The person you're designed to be with sees you just as valuable as you see them. I know that for a fact, too. Took me about 30 years to realize it, but I know that for a fact. All right, okay. I, I told you, don't, I told you, we got to talk about it, okay? It's okay. It's okay. You know, if you're thirsty, we'll get you something to drink, okay? <laughs> Just be, we'll be all right. See, that's why our first asset in salvation is peace. That's why, that's, that's why, look, 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 it's Romans 5. Look at this, Romans 5. So God understood that the adversary would trick us into being thirsty, greedy, lustful, whatever the case may be. Been tricking us for the longest, right? And some of that trick is because people hurt us, and when you hurt, you know, you're vulnerable. When somebody crushes you, you're vulnerable, right? You, you may settle for anything because you're used to some level of uh, inter- interaction or companionship, right? Okay, so now I ain't getting no amens, right? So we... We're going to start to flow in the prophetic gifts today? No, and I'm saying that because I'm not saying that, obviously, I'm happily married for 30 years, but I've been in this position. Like, I've been hurt, and I'm like, okay, I'm used to relationships, so I, I, I got to get back in a relationship to validate that I'm worth something. I was worth something whether I was in a relationship or not. But I didn't know that because I wasn't rolling with God back then. I was rolling with me. All right? And me, get me in trouble. All right, so, so uh, Romans 5, 1, it says, therefore, being justified by faith. So when we attach our faith to, the, to salvation, it says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Being justified by faith, we have peace with who? God. God. See, Isaiah 26, 3 says he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So what do you think the adversary is trying to do? I need to separate you from God. Because as long as you're with God, that you're going to be in peace, and I don't need you in peace. I need you rattled. So I'm going to separate you from God. I'm going to get you out of being mindful of God. And if I can't get you total out of it, I'll get you casual with God. So that means I at least have access to put you on a roller coaster ride. If I can't keep you in torment, which is what I want to do, that's removing you totally from God. I have you visit God from time to time, but as long as you're not tied in, and you leaving doors open, seeking whom we may devour, I'll have access to your mind. I'll have you on a roller coaster ride. You feel good today? I'll snatch that goodness of you as soon as you walk out the doors of the church. Matter of fact, I'll send you a text right now. Snatch it, snatch it out. That's how the adversary is. Why? Because he doesn't want us in peace. That's the thing. He wants us frustrated. See, a rattled person can't win the war. 
They're all over the place. They're not stable. One of the things we learned in sports, you know, in college basketball, we ran press, presses. And so, the, so, so what I learned about the press, I just thought the press was we just steal the ball. Yes, if we do that, that's a bonus. But you know what it was? It was to break down the, the point guard, just break down where they just start throwing the ball away. Or, or speed them up. That was the other purpose of the press. So to get, 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 get the players to rush. Ah! So what we would do, we'd just be running at you. Ah! Ah! Give me that ball. Give me that ball. Yeah, give it up. You giving it up. We just constantly run out, pressure, pressure, pressure. After a while, they're they trying to prove us wrong. We sped them up. We sped them up and they start throwing the ball away. That's what the adversary wants to do in your life. Speed you up so you start throwing your purpose away. You start throwing your opportunities away. So he keeps pressure on you. See, as long as you're not with God, there's pressure. You see what I'm saying? But when you're, when you're in the right place and right position with God, like, like, like for me, because I play point guard, so I know what the purpose of the press because when I was young, I just throw the ball away. <laughs> like they're coming at me, like what am I doing, right? But then once I do, you know, once I really got into where I was with God, the reputation was, man, like, does anything bother him? You know, Why? Because I'm at peace. I'm not playing against them anyway. So I'm looking for my opportunities. So if you press me, I'm like, oh, you don't want to do that. You left something open. So if one person's playing me, that's enough. But if two comes, well, you got to leave somebody to play me. I'm going to take advantage of every opening you left. So I, I saw the press as an opportunity. Just like the Eagles see storms as an opportunity to go to another level. They're looking for that win. Sparrows see the storms as, ah, a storm. They run. Oh, not eagles. Eagles like, yeah, bring it. Ooh, hey, what you looking for, man? I just can't wait for this next win, man. About to go to another level. Looking for a storm. So are you a sparrow or are you an eagle? Right? God wants us to be in his presence eagles, right? Mounted up with wings as eagles. All right, so John 14. Let's give you another scripture here. That's, that's one about the peace. And let's give you... Now, we're, going, we're through this process, I'm hoping we get through, get to just talking about some of the uh, mental uh, illnesses that we process through and some of them that are attached to some, some spirits, right? I'm just, I'm praying we have opportunity for that. But we're definitely going to walk through how Jesus uh, destroyed the works of the devil and was intentional with it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to walk through all the scriptures of what he did and how he processed it and why we have victory over the devil. He shouldn't be wreaking havoc in our mind. All right, so John 14. Uh, uh, where is it at? Hold on a second. I'm in Luke. That's why it looks strange. John 14. I was in Luke. I was in the wrong, I was in the wrong place. And I was looking for verse 27. It says, look, it says, peace. Now, this is Jesus saying, I'm going to ascend and I'm going to leave my, the comforter with you, the Holy Spirit. So once I go and I sit on the right hand of the Father, I'm going to leave you a comfort. I'm not going to leave you comfortless because the disciples was like, well, oh, where are you going? Because with him, they had peace. And so when he talked about, yeah, I'm going to die and be resurrected and I'm going to go right hand of the Father, they're like, whoa, 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 we ain't going to be with you. We're not going to have peace. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. 
I'm not going to leave you without peace. I'm going to leave you a comforter. And then verse 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Right? So, so he says, the world will offer you peace or some, some, uh, through uh, vices and things like that, but it's, it's really temporary numbness. And then when you come out of it, your heart is even more troubled and you're more afraid. Right? But he says, the peace I leave with you, your heart won't be troubled and neither will you be afraid anymore. Right? You see the difference? Let's go to Philippians 4 real quick. Just want to give you some scriptures to meditate on this week as we're walking through this because, you know, the goal is for everybody to get their minds back, okay? Been meditating on this for a long time, and the Lord said this is the time to share it. So Philippians 4, we'll start here at verse 6. Philippians 4, verse 6. All right, it says this. It says, uh, be careful for nothing. Another version says, be anxious for nothing. Another version says, be worried for nothing. Right? It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, it says, if we do this, there's a conjunction there. It says, and. It says, verse 7, and the peace of God with passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, it says, if... I don't allow myself to be pulled into worrying for things. Be careful for things or be anxious for things, but through prayer and supplication. So in other words, if there's a crisis that comes, I go right to prayer. I go right to thanking God for his ability to deliver me. That's my first option, not magnifying the obvious. So this is the thing. Uh, When something is coming at you, it doesn't need your words. It's already manifested. What needs to be manifested is what you want, not what you see. When, Jesus, when, when God showed up and he looked at the earth that Satan had was fell down, that got cast down to, that, you know, like lightning, he saw that he brought darkness and void to the earth. When he, when he looked and saw the darkness and void, he never said, man, look at this darkness. Why'd you do this? Look at this void. The first thing that came out of his mouth was let there be light. See, we got to speak what we want, not what we see, or not what we're worried about, okay? Right? And then, um, uh, so, so he said, if you do this, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. And it's beyond understanding. Why is it beyond understanding? Because the logic will say, this should be okay for me to worry about this. Because of the negative possibilities that could happen. Or what happened to Jimmy last week. Or, or you know or Shaquita the week before. No, no, no. This says the peace of God surpasses all understanding because the peace is saying, hey, be still and know that I'm God. The circumstances are saying, panic, panic, worry, do something. You got to do something. You got to do something, right? But but the peace of God says, be still. I got this. I don't care how it look, right? All right, so then he tells us in verse 8, it says, "Finally, finally, brethren, brothers and sisters, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just or righteous, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. 
right? So then he tells us what to think on, right? Right, remember Isaiah 26.3, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So he's telling us to think on these things because uh, I learned this a, a long time ago. It's a whole nother teaching, but your mind can, can only be on, on one channel at a time. It can't be on two channels at the same time. So I did a, uh, a thing. Uh, you was a part of it when you was young, but I did a, uh, a basketball program. It was called the uh, Ayers Basketball Program. So I, I researched and I studied, even though I played college basketball, I, I, I studied because I wanted to make sure the young people got what they needed. It might be something that I, I did naturally that they needed the basic fundamentals for. So, so I read this book. It was called Funda Big M Mentals. Funda Big M Mentals. And so the, the, that's where I got that phrase from. The book said your mind can only be on one channel at a time. It can't be on two channels at the same time. So it gave a scenario of two recruits. Uh, and they're playing against each other, so all the coaches show up at the games, right? So coaches is in the stand. So the guy that they was focusing on, he, he's making a layup. He looks up in the stand. He missed the layup. Look up in the stand and see how the coach is looking. He takes his shots. This is warm-up line. And he's, he's missing shots. And he keeps looking in the stands to see how the coaches are looking at him. Then he starts to get anxious. He starts to sweat. He says, I got to make some shots because they're looking at me. Then he looks down on the other end at the other guy that's the top recruit. He's making his shots. So now his anxiety picks up even more. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a terrible game. Uh, they're watching me. They're probably not going to recruit me. No game has started yet. This is the warm-up line. He talked himself out of performing well in the warm-up line. Right? But where did that take place? In his mind. So when I coach, I used to tell players, hey, I want you to see what you're going to do in the game. Like, see yourself making shots, right? I just tell them to focus on it. And then I would tell them this. This would really get on some of your parents' nerves. I said, don't talk to nobody you know before the game. I said, don't go say, hey, hey, Uncle Jimmy. Hey, hey. I, I, I said, don't, don't pretend they're not here. Now you ask yourself, well, their parents are there to support them. <laughs> yes, they are. But if you're a basketball player, a football player, baseball player, whatever, whoever you see is now in your head while you're performing. Every move you make, you're making a move, you're thinking about how they're looking at it. If you did not see them, they're not in your head. But I wanted them to focus on the task at hand, not have everybody in their head. Right? You see that? Now, you think I'm just talking about sports, don't you? All right, okay, just think about it. See, so this young man talked himself out of something because his mind was on the wrong thing. Like, if I tell you right now, if you tell me your favorite uh, car is a Bentley, I say, don't think about a Bentley. 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 First of all, we're playing off of what? The Bentley. I'm not going to think about a Bentley. I'm not going to think about a Bentley. I'm thinking about a Bentley saying I'm not going to think about a Bentley. But if I think about a Maybach, I just changed the channel. You see what I'm saying? That's why God is saying think on these things. Because he knows if you're thinking on these things, you can't be worried about those things. So when we shut ourselves out for the things of God, the kingdom of God, the word of God. Listen, as a pastor, I'm involved with everybody's lives. 
You understand? I'm involved with your life. I'm involved with Yaz's life. I know Yaz is trying to make the team. I know I have to process through that. I got to process through when I'm going to go see her play. That's light compared to the person that's dealing with marital problems, the person that's struggling to get a job, the person that's dealing with low self-esteem, the thirsty people, right? Like, all that. So, you know, I, I, got, I got a family. I got grandkids. I got four grandkids. Three grandkids. <laughs> I had one. So I got three grandkids. Two of them are in high Well, one of them is graduating. <laughs> Two are in high school. One of them is playing ball, playing the sport that I play. I'm thinking that I got my son, and my son works a job where, where, where he, he pretty much believes in God to get paid. I mean, he's getting paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He does well at his job, but he's, he has a commission job. So I'm processing through his growth, right? And so, so when I, I said that to say my growth. I got all these people. I got all these different layers. Do you know how much I can think about in the course of a day? But you know what helps me? I be reading all the time. I be, I be reading that word all the time. I'm at the gym this morning, I'm reading. So I can't focus on everybody's problems and read at the same time. Amen. Not all the time, you know, because thoughts be popping up in your head while you're reading. And, you know, you, you know, read through the, the verse, don't even know what the verse it was, right? <laughs> right, so that happens too. But more times than not, I have something else my mind is focused on. Then, see, for me, my wife said, I don't know how you do it. You be riding a bike. Reading, and you got worship music on. She said, that's too much. I just need to, re- I, I just need to read. No, I got it all. I got the worship playing. I got the, I got, <laughs> I'm reading, and I'm riding a bike. And I'm lifting the weights. Whatever I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? What, so I'm doing things where my mind can be focusing on everybody's problems. You know, especially like, you know, when I set myself apart to, to make sure I, I hear from God to, to speak to you guys. We went out to uh, Waysboro last week. Well, God wanted to prophetically speak in people's lives. Well, suppose I got all this noise in my head. God is speaking what's going on in somebody's life. I missed the signal. I say something that ain't got nothing to do with that person's life. All they do is tell their, go to their pastor later on in their one-on-one and go, like, I, I really thought you heard from God, Pastor, but you brought that man of God in here. Well, he said, ain't got nothing to do with my life. He's a phony. He's a fake. So I misrepresented God and everything. So I got to hear from God. God used us to speak into a lot of lives. And from, from what we heard, everything was accurate. Not because of us, because we, we got to set ourselves apart. We got to get out the noise to clear that signal to hear from God. Do you understand? You are a decision away from being fulfilled for the rest of your life. One decision away from being fulfilled for the rest of your life. Is all that noise worth missing that signal? Is that compromise? Suppose that's the day where you were going to get the information to change your life forever. I just, had a, I just had somebody call me, a man of God called me this morning. He was like, man, thank you. Thank you and your wife for your faith. Because of your faith, this is what he said. He said, because of your faith, it inspired us to return to a, to a God idea. He said, if it wasn't for your faith, we would have just had a good idea that would have never converted into a God idea. Because we wouldn't have attached our faith and been obedient with it. 
But because of you guys' faith, we are, and we're doing what God purposed us to do, and that's impacting lives. So that means we had to hear from God and be obedient to come to a place we've never been with $1,625 to start a church. Right? So we had to be, but we were just talking about this, driving. Ain't nobody doing that just because on a whim. And we wasn't leaving a bad situation. So it wasn't like we out here struggling and like, man, well, maybe we just start a church. Maybe, maybe that'll help us up. No, we was already working in full-time ministry. We, I had an audience with Ohio State University football team. I did uh, Bible study with them twice a week. I had an a, a audience with uh, Capital University. I did them once a week on Mondays. You know, the basketball community, the ministry community. The, at one time, the church was thousands of people until they went through some stuff. So I'm, I'm doing what a lot of people would want to do. I have a happy marriage already. Our family is, is in, this, in the city. So it's not like we came here, hey, well, you know, we're struggling. Let's go there. No, we came here out of obedience. Just like when I moved to Ohio, I wasn't, I was, I was in a good position in New Jersey, especially because I was pursuing professional basketball. I was, I was playing in this, I, I had gained a reputation. I could go anywhere and play. And then God says, go to Ohio. I was like, Ohio, you sure? <laughs> not, not, Ohio's not bad, but being in New Jersey, you, you, you think everything is cornfields and carriages. Or at least I did, you know. I guess everybody don't think that way. People have been somewhere. I haven't been nowhere. So I was like, man, it's probably just cornfields out there. They probably didn't play basketball in Ohio. That's what I used to say. But look, <laughs> look what I found, <laughs> right? <laughs> Best move I ever made. But guess what? That was a faith move too. I wasn't set up. I was more set up in New Jersey. You, you understand what I'm saying? But I, I was being obedient, but you got to hear from God. We can't be all with all this noise and think we're going to hear from God clearly. That's what the adversary is trying to do. He's trying to disturb us, disturb our peace. And this all started, the beginning of this vexation started with disobedience and unrepentant sin. That's how it started. Adam and Eve, they were set in the garden. They had everything. They didn't worry about nothing. Just, hey, just don't touch that tree. What tree was it? The tree of the, of, of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, somebody might say, well, what's wrong with that? Now they know good and evil. Before that, all they knew was good. All they knew was peace. Evil wasn't an option. Evil was an option in our life because they ate of that tree. Now you'll consider maybe or maybe not doing good. You'll consider other things. Before they ate of that tree, it was all good. That's the only time in the history of this world it's been all good. So stop saying that. Since they ate of that tree, it is not all good. But you can choose good. But that's hard when you got all that noise in your mind. You see what I'm saying? When you got all that noise, when David says, uh, so I, I don't just need them confused with good and evil. I need them choosing evil. And the only way I can do that is I got to trick them. And the only way I can trick them is to scramble up their mind. I, got, I have to have them overwhelmed. Think about it when you're overwhelmed. How many of you made some crazy decisions because you was overwhelmed? Now, you can, you can put your hand up for this one. Oh, we only got like six people. Most of y'all are pretty smart. 
right? Oh, I'm sorry. I put both my hands up. I made a lot of decisions because I was overwhelmed. You know, I was like, "Ah, ah, ah, now just do this. But remember when I was telling you about that chess game I played? I was playing the chess master, and I had him. I had him. I had the sequences of moves in my head. Five different possibilities for the game. I had them all in my head. And I was sitting there like, I got you now, brother. I got you now. And the phone rang. We was at the job. Mr. Compliant and Responsible is going to answer the phone. That guy, that dude wouldn't even think about the phone. Know what he's thinking about? That game. <laughs> he had never been in that position before. He, was a, he, was a, he played speed chess without a clock. Normally, every time I make a move, he make a move. He wasn't making no moves then. That dude was sitting there for 15 minutes looking at that board. Because he knew, I'm about to lose. But I answered the phone. Once I answered the phone, I come back to the game. Now I'm like, what was the sequence? Was it this, this, the other? Then it was, you know, kids, I was working in corrections, kids doing this, and that. I was like, pretty much whatever move I make, I'm going to win. I lost the game by one move. Some of us are losing out on purpose by one move. One move. There you go. You, there you go. See, the preachers always ain't no one move. It's not. Why are you still carrying around the one move of affliction that happened at one point in time? You still playing off of that. That's your justification to be depressed. That's your justification to be angry. That's your justification to not move forward. That's your justification not to love anymore. Happened to you one time. The Bible says, but your light affliction is but for a moment in time. But it says it works for you a far more exceeding way to glory. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. But instead of us seeing it as something that happened in a moment, isolated situation, isolated people, we drag it around with us. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't be doing no purses. Oh, I, do, I go here. I was about to pick up the purse. I don't even know if I should pick this up. Oh, oh, man, what you care? I'm just playing. This is what we do. This is what we do. This happened to me in a moment of time, way over here. It happened to me. It hurt. I can't believe this happened to me, right? It hurts. Well, I need to move on for this because it hurts, right? Right? What I do is I pick it up and I take it with me. Jariah starts talking to me, and I'm like, you know, man, wow, yeah, that, 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 this seems like a great opportunity. But then I, well, hold on, let me check and see if I can. Oh, ah. Uh, yo, yo, I, I don't know. You trying to hustle me, man? You trying to hustle? See, see, man, you think I'm going for that, Gerard? Now I'm not even going for that, bro. No, 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 no. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Why you, why, why you pressuring me? You trying to put me in a situation? You just going to pressure me? Man, I can make choices for myself, Gerard. You don't know everything. Matter of fact, you ain't all that anyway. Gerard ain't done nothing. <laughs> but offer me an opportunity. On Monday, I'm excited. On Tuesday, he's an idiot getting on my nerves. What changed? So we take it from, we take it from this moment to the next minute, to the next hour, to the next day, 
to the next week, the next month, the next year, and years, and years, constantly carrying it around. Yeah, you know what? I would be at another level, but ever since this happened to me, man. You know, so hey, man, hey, 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 listen. I understand people do things in their life and, you know, they excel. You know, I'd be at a whole nother level if it weren't for this. You know, so hey, you know, you know how it is, you know. Let me tell you my story. Let me give you my testimony. Ever since I went through this, man. You know, man, go back and look, look in the archives, man. You see my names in the book. I got some records out there. You know what I'm saying? But ever since this. I could have really been somebody, for real, for real. But I don't feel bad because one for this. This is the only thing that stopped me. I'd be better than all y'all if one for this. So leave me alone because this is the reason why I am the way I am. So we're just going to ride this out. Till Jesus come. <laughs> no, no, we're going to do. We're going to lay aside every weight yeah. and the sin that so easily besets us. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Carrying that mess around. Are we serious? That's what we're doing. Like, like, and, and, and so it's tormenting us. Every time you make a move, oh, 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 oh where you going? You know what you did, right? Yeah, why are you looking for, oh, you think this is going to be blessed. This is going to work out in your favor. No, no, no. People like you don't get favor after what you've done. So even when you put it down, the adversary be in your head if you don't get them out going, yeah, I see you put that down, but, you know, I have a, I have a simulated version in your head. And I'll just keep showing you the picture. And you'll, deal, you'll operate based off of the picture as if you were carrying it around in real life. Because you gave me access to your mind. And as long as I'm in here, I'm going to keep throwing up pictures for you not to move forward. And you're going to go for them. Right? You're going to go for them because you think the false evidence is real. It ain't real. It's just in your mind. Right? It's just in your mind. See, see, this devil, a, a, a revelation, well, I gave you Genesis so you can go read the story about Adam and Eve for yourself. Um, uh, Genesis 3, uh, 7 to 19. But that's when the first offering of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life came. So remember, she saw that, that, that the fruit was, uh, was, it was uh, pleasant to the eyes. What was it? Hold on a second. Uh, it's pleasant to the eyes. Uh, no, no, no. Well, I know what that is, but I wanted to. Oh, never mind, never mind. That's, that's right. I'm, I'll have the diagram next week. <laughs> never mind. We, but, but that's when the, that's when that that the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life came because she saw it was it was pleasant to the eyes. Uh, it was pleasant to eat, and it, it would uh, make one wise, right? And so, so that's when that, that process started. But the devil, the, the scripture says in, in Revelations 20, verse 10, it says, and the devil that deceived, deceived them, tricked them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where, where the beast and the false prophet are, 
and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, this is in the book of Revelations. We read that book all the time, don't we? Well, not all the time, but we have access to read it all the time. So, the, so it's already talking about what's going to happen to the devil that hasn't happened yet, right? So what do you think he's going to do? He's going to bring some company with him to the lake of fire to be tormented because his destiny is what? Torment. That's his destiny. So what he's, the only thing the devil could do to you is torment you. He wants you to experience, because you remember after they went through what they went through, everybody was cursed, right? After in, 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 the, in, in the garden, right? Remember, uh, the curse on Eve was that she would uh, travail in birth. She would work to birth, right? Before that, babies just popped out. Then it said the man would work to till the ground. Before that, vegetation just popped out. Nobody had to till the ground, right? But now you got to labor on a farm. Before, all you had to do is just believe and it just pop out, right? What did it say about Satan? It said he was going to work to even walk. And he said that, 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 uh, that man would, 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 you said bruise his heel, right? Like, but, but it was set up where that, the, the man that he deceived would always be his downfall. So what do you think he's trying to do? He's doing payback. No, you going into the lake of fire with me. And we assisting him. We're, we're, you, okay, right? Let's see, if you go out to the right, you go to Mount Holly, Huntersville Road, you go past a few lights, and you make that left where the Walmart is, there's a store across the street from Walmart. It's called ABC Spirits. People go in there all the time, not realize it. Is telling you what it is on, on the sign. ABC spirits. So we're drinking spirits, smoking spirits, and wondering why we got spirits in our mind. Now, you got some people that are watching that'll probably say, see, you trying to stop me from having my fun. I, I, I was doing that. This is uh, it was fried egg. This is drugs. And then it would throw it on the, on the frying pan and start frying. This is your brain on drugs. And we would be sitting back, man, they just trying to stop us from having our fun. They spent millions of dollars to make sure they satellite a, a signal into our TV up in the attic in Newark, New Jersey to stop us from having fun. That's what they're doing, right? Okay. All right. Okay. You, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's all the deception. Look at the results. Are you at peace? Are you fulfilled? Are you prospering? Do you have momentum? Look at the results. Listen, listen. I'm not in nobody's life right now. All you got to do is look at the results. Are you sick and tired? No, no, no. Don't say you're sick and tired because when you're sick and tired, you do something different. If you're not going to do anything different, like this is not me being sarcastic. Hey, don't complain. Don't look sad. If you're not going to change, you should be a smile on your face because you made the choice. If you're really sick and tired, change. Do something different. Hey, I would connect with people that are fulfilled, that do have momentum, that are prospering, and they are happy. Why would you run from that? Because the devil is telling you, 
they like think they're all, man, they, they think they're all that. No, the devil's tricking you. God sent that person in your life to give you what they have so you can get it too. It's a setup. Freely is given, freely you give it away. And he, he, he set it up where, you, where he, listen, Jesus went through everything he went through so he could be touched on all points so he knows how to intercede for you sitting on the right hand of the Father. Guess what? He sends laborers or men and women of God that's going through stuff too. So they understand what you're going through so they can help you through it. So, so they're supposed to be smiling. You going to follow a depressed person? Well, I guess some of, some of y'all have been following depressed people, but doesn't seem smart. Right? right? So, so you're going to follow somebody ain't winning. So what you want me to do? Not win? It makes no sense. And, and, and I'm taking away your excuses because, listen, take this respectfully. I was boo-boo the fool too. Big boo-boo the fool. I probably was more of a boo-boo the fool than some of the fools that are operating right now online. <laughs> I played that one off. I want to talk about you. <laughs> Bible says a fool is a person that despises the knowledge of God. I was that guy. Fool. Listen, I was converting Christians. Somebody told me they were saved. I'm like, man, we see how saved you be before this week's out. Because I didn't know what it meant. So I used the power of influence to convert people. I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that I just felt like, mm-hmm, yeah, they all be talking that Jesus stuff. We're going to see how Jesus we be before it's over. Right? So, so, I'm, I'm t- so I've been there. Listen, I've seen the faces. I've seen the, the, the fake swag or the, the, the jokes or the, the stuff. Man, listen, now that stuff don't impress me. That's foolishness. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. Psalm 14, verse 1. Right? The devil's seeking whom he made the vow. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for fools. The Bible talks about fools. How you going to just be calling people fools? I ain't saying no names yet. Yet. It's foolish to despise the knowledge of God, to do things that are counterproductive to your peace. It's foolish. It's foolish to drink the world and think you're going to get the fulfillment of God. That's foolish. That's not me putting nobody down. That's fool. It's, it's insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. You know what the challenge with young folk is, and w- when I was young, you know what my number one line was? We'll see. So if you told me something, Stephanie, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm going to do it my way. I wasted years when I could have just did it your way. It was working for you already. But we come up with it. We, we make ourselves our own God with our own philosophy. Now, let me ask you something. How much are you getting for your philosophy? How much fulfillment do you have? Where's the happiness for your philosophy? Like you, you're rolling as if you're a God, you have a doctrine that everybody should be following. And you've proven it. This is the way. I used to say it with juveniles. When they came at me, well, I believe this. I didn't, I didn't fight them. I said, okay, good. So now it's your job now to help me. 
If everything I'm saying, Stella, is wrong, everything I'm saying is wrong, okay, then help me. Break me down. Now, my life is in your hands, so how you're living right now is how we all supposed to live. So what you could do is you can talk to me this week, next week, you can have the microphone. And you're responsible for everybody's life. And the life that everybody's going to live is the life you're living. Are you willing to put everybody's life on your philosophy? If not, you need to change. Because everything I just told you right now, I'm willing to stake everybody's life on it. You know why? Because it ain't my opinion. It's not how I feel. It's been tried and tested for thousands of years. I just signed on maybe 30-something years ago. Wish I'd have done it sooner. You're going to wish too, because we got to stop the devil from stealing our lives. He's stealing our lives, and you're helping. That's, it's amazing we're helping. Yeah, I know. I see that with God, but I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to be hanging with the devil, but I believe you, God. Kalina said it make no sense, people watching out there. I didn't say that. She said it. I was thinking it, though. All right? I just, I, 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 I'm setting the stage because you're going to see through the Bible. The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And when you read through the Bible, you'll see at everything he did, he was intentional to take out every level of dem demonic activity. You're going to find out that there's hierarchies. Yeah. There's general devils. Yeah. Most of us don't deal with them. That's the ones that's just like the devil is disguised as an angel of light. Most people don't even deal with the angel of light. Folk in, folk in the hood or hanging out on the street, we deal with the, the little corporate, like people just came out of basic training devils. Know why? Because we jumping into sin. They, they don't even send nobody serious for us. They're like, oh, no, they're they already on the team. You just go just monitor and make sure they don't change. <laughs> when we start to, to accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we may get a sergeant. Because at least we tried to make a move. It ain't, we ain't become disciples yet. We just accepted Jesus. You start to become disciples, now you start to get some high-ranking demonic activity after you're behind. But each level looks more and more deceptive. You get to, you, when, you, when you become a, a serious disciple, some of the devils are disguised as Christians. Worship leaders. Top uh, uh, Internet preachers, because now I got to make it even more subtle, because now I got to take advantage of where you're not paying attention. You become a solid woman, man or woman of God, commanding thousands and saving lives. Now you're dealing with some angels of light coming at you. But most of us ain't dealing with that. We got the low, low-ranking demons. We're going to go through all that. Jesus, when he went through... He took out levels. And then he was like, man, this, 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 why are we doing this? Man, let's go to the other side, man. There's a hierarchy over there with 2,000, a legion over there. Let's take them out, and then we can come back over here and do some work. So you'll see Jesus didn't just say, I came to destroy the works of the devil. He did it, and then he gave us power to do it. Now, let me ask you something. 
Anybody here got something else to say that's going to change the lives of people that's been losing their minds? If so, you can add a mic. Because otherwise, what else do you have to talk about? That's not me putting nobody down. That's just keeping it real. We're here to save lives. People are losing their minds. But we're so in ourselves, we don't see that. And we don't see we were purposed to help people to get their minds back. But we're in a stupor. That's why you're struggling. Because you're designed to help people's lives. If you're doing anything less than that, you're going to stay confused. I know this. I was doing that. Distracting people from God, not pushing people towards God. And that's why I almost died. And that's why some of us are a decision away from losing our lives. Because we don't realize our lives is not about us. All right, stand on your feet. That's all. That's all.